This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 125. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. And this is Brett Hurst. And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Still blowing and going. Yes. Well, before we get into the content, I want to give a resource shout out today. For those of you who enjoy going on YouTube and subscribing to particular channels, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the Gottman Institute channel on YouTube. It's got some really great resources. And of course, we talk so much about Gottman's research, including today's episode, that uh, I think you'll enjoy that. Excellent. All right. Well, today's episode is called The Antidote to Contempt. Okay. Sounds kind of heavy, but... Well, everyone needs an antidote for contempt. (laughs) I know we do in our family. (laughs) Well, it's funny. Whenever I get stuck for a podcast topic idea, I will usually refer to the monthly themes that we use for our dinner and marriage events, because we kind of go month to month by topic. And they're practical. Yeah. And so the theme for August is nurturing fondness and admiration, which we've actually hosted episodes on in the past. And of course, we've talked about this for those longtime listeners, but I kind of like to unpack it again and look at a little bit different angle because this idea of it being the antidote to contempt is huge. And the more I read Gottman's writings on this and research on this, the more I'm convinced it's just one of those underappreciated values that we can unpack today. Well, you've got me intrigued. All right. Well, Dr. John Gottman refers to something that he calls the fondness and admiration system. Which, simply put, means that despite any current difficulties that you may be facing as a couple, that your positive feelings and your memories about each other and your past allow you to retain a fundamental sense that each person is worthy of being respected and even liked. We find out what's common between us and, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, as human beings. Yeah. To put it another way, even when you've been fighting, you can look back at past events and experiences together and have fond memories. So according to, were you going to jump in there, Brad? Well, fond memories of fighting? No, no, no. Fond memories of just your past experiences. Gotcha. Which we'll unpack in a second. Right. So, Although we have some fond memories of some of our fights. So some <laughs> well, of, some that are ridiculous. Right. According to Gottman's research, fondness and admiration are the most crucial elements in marriage. Mm-hmm. And this always intrigues me because I think if you were to conduct like a man or woman on the street interview and you asked people, hey, what's the ingredients for a healthy marriage? There'd probably be things like, you know, affection, romance, trust, you know, friendship, maybe. But I bet fondness and admiration wouldn't even probably come up for people because it just seems so obvious. It seems so obvious, Mm -hmm. you know. But But, it's amazing how often we deal with couples where that is not being nurtured. It's, It's so true. So let's take a closer look at what fondness and admiration mean. And then we'll talk about how to put them into practice if you aren't already doing so. So fondness, of course, just simply means you like someone. (laughs) 
I'm fond of you. <laughs> it's not a word that we use a lot in our day, but it simply means having an attraction to someone, you know, enjoy liking them, enjoying their company. Mm-hmm. You know, that's being fond of someone. Yes. Admiration means to feel that someone is worthy of respect. And I think when we hear the word admire or admiration, we might think of like, historical figures or mentors that we aspire to be like, you know, when we think of that word. People, but the, people we aspire to be like. Yeah, right? but the way Gottman uses it in this context, it really just comes down to respect. Mm-hmm. You know, do you believe your partner is worthy of respect? Mm-hmm. So let's assume that you already like your partner. I do. You know, that's the fondness Quite a bit. (laughs) And let's say you already have respect for him or her. That's the admiration piece. I do. Is that enough to keep the relationship moving in a healthy direction? I would say yes and no. Well, that you were looking at the script. (laughs) No, I'm... (laughs) I'm kidding. I think the key word in this particular principle that Gottman has discovered is the word nurturing. Mm -hmm. Because when you are in the early stage of a relationship... All the good stuff is naturally in place. We've got the chemical hormones. Yes. The the emotional cocktail is doing the work for us. That's right. You're already fond of him. You already admire her. But as we say on this podcast a lot, life can take its toll. And those little annoying things that we all do, every single one of us, Mm -hmm. they can start to erode the natural fondness and admiration that was baked into that young relationship. So true. And that's when knowing how to nurture the things come into play. Nurture what? The fondness and the admiration. Gotcha. Because there comes a time where you have to sort of work at that a little bit. Absolutely. Bring something of yourself. Absolutely. It's that whole intentionality that we always talk about. Absolutely. So how do we nurture fondness and admiration? Please tell me. I'm so glad you asked. Well, one thing is you just have to simply remind yourself of your spouse's positive qualities. Mm -hmm. Even as you deal with the other person's flaws, but which is just part of the thing, Sometimes you have to just kind of like stop and really meditate on what it is that your partner does, the things you like about your partner. And I think it's not enough to say, I'm very fond of you. (laughs) You know, it's kind of general. I think it's important to say why and be specific around things like, I'm proud of the way you, Mm -hmm. you know, play with the kids. It kind of engages you in the process of being in love. Exactly. I'm impressed uh, that you handled that situation at work so well. I'm attracted to this. Yes. Or that. Or I like how you, you know, treat our neighbors. You know, I mean, it can just be a million things. That's the thing is if we're paying attention, Mm -hmm. most of us just go through our days and our life together, not looking for those things. I'm always reminded of what our former senior pastor Dave Peterson used to say is that God is already at work. Mm -hmm. Most of us just aren't looking for the work that he's doing. It's having your eyes wide open and looking for those little God gifts. Yeah. And when you are looking for the things that your partner does well, Mm -hmm. you'll find them. Right. Because unless you're married to, you know, a psychopath or something. Attila the Hun. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, and also it's not just having eyes wide open and looking for those things. But as you said a second ago, it's also articulating those things. Yeah. Which is very important. Yeah, because I think that this is key that you just said that because you might believe that your partner already knows this stuff. You know, you might think, oh, well, he already knows I'm fond or she already knows I admire her mm-hmm. respect. I guarantee you they will enjoy hearing you say it out loud. Mm-hmm. 
and say it to other people. Right. We talk about that sometimes. Brag on your spouse to other people. That's the coolest thing. It always makes a person feel good to know that they're being bragged on behind their back. Yes. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Another thing is just to remind yourself that your spouse is worthy of honor and respect. Sometimes when we're in a low phase of our relationship, maybe we're arguing a lot, maybe we haven't had a chance to spend a lot of time together. It's like all of a sudden everything you're spouse does is wrong. So let me push back a little bit. I can imagine some spouses who have been recently hurt Mm -hmm. by their spouse saying, well, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that my spouse is worthy of honor and respect. Yeah. But I agree with you, Kelly, what you're saying is that we are in spite of our flaws because we're made in the image of God Mm -hmm. and there was something that attracted us to that person in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's so vital for the health of our future to get back in connection with what those qualities are. Yeah. I mean, we're all going to make mistakes, Yeah, but forgiveness and restoration and redemption, all that, that's the heart of God. It's the heart of marriage. Yeah. And believing, like you said, believing that your spouse is worthy of the respect even if they've hurt you. Because the bottom line is, we hurt each other all the time. That's right. Now, I know there are million-dollar offenses and there are one-dollar offenses. Mm -hmm. Like, I get that. But we're all going to screw up. We're all going to disappoint each other. That's You have to know that going in. (laughs) And and even million-dollar offenses, as you said, Mm -hmm. can be forgiven. Of course. And can be overcome. Yeah, yeah. So, but getting back to that, that spiritual idea that you said, you know, if we are made in the image of God, then every single one of us is worthy of respect. And it's up to us to make sure that we're not letting resentment and Mm -hmm. anger and negative feelings Mm -hmm. rule us to where we're changing our tune and thinking, oh, they're not even worthy of my time or respect. But to that point, in our own strength, we probably can't help it if Mm -hmm. if we're just relying on our own strength, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we need what? We need help. <laughs> we, need, we need God to intervene. Need some prayer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the next thing is just to have a fundamental positive view of your spouse and your history. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by fundamental? Well, I think back to like the example of my grandparents. My grandmother it was just, I mean, she was just a salt, salt of the earth. Oh my gosh. Amazing I could, woman. I could do a whole podcast episode on just her great traits. Yeah. She sure. was married to a man who we all loved. Mm-hmm. He was a good man. Right. He was not a great partner in life, I think, a lot. Wasn't for her. the warmest person. He wasn't. He didn't show up to any of the grandkids' mm-hmm. events where she was at everything. Oh, Often disengaged. Yeah. And there was an interesting element that I didn't pick up on when I was a little girl, but when I, as I got older, my grandmother talked very highly mm-hmm. of my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there were times where she wished that he was more connected right. to her world. I, I'm sure of it. But she really never talked in a in a negative, disrespectful way about him. She right. really did she really did love him. Absolutely. And she really did speak of him in a way that was I think a lot of us might go, Wow, what what man were you living with? <laughs> right. But kind of on that note, it wasn't a blind love. No. She knew things about your grandfather mm-hmm. that most people did not. Sure. Yeah. She knew they about They had a long history together. They did. So she had experienced his great Mm-hmm. qualities and whatever they were. Yeah. Yeah. But I think of her when I think about that fundamental positive view. Like you you were not going to come in and shake her foundation right. of how she thought of him. No, she know. was 
airtight on mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. The other thing is to reminisce about your history in a positive way. I, this is really key, and this shows up a lot in Gottman's research. It's not enough to think of your spouse in a positive light in the present, mm-hmm. you know, today. Mm-hmm. Gottman says that if you have a dark shadow on your past together mm-hmm. and you continue to live out those memories, uh-huh. that that can be dangerous. I'm thinking, I'm remembering of a couple... Bread you mean if you stay with. stuck there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, for example, w- there was a couple we were working with many years ago, and they had a pretty traumatic experience happen on their wedding day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't infidelity or anything like that. It was just a, a family situation. And it, right. was, and it was upsetting. It was very upsetting. Mm-hmm. I noticed after, you know, we had been working with one, two, three years, that dark shadow on that wedding day event was driving their relationship. It really was. It was like they could not move past that negative experience together. That situation. Yeah. They ended up divorcing. I'm not saying it's because of that. I'm mm-hmm. saying it. they just really could not. It's like they were just stuck. Like right. you, they couldn't find any positive history together. Mm-hmm. And most of us start out with a good history. Right. Know, most of, Because most couples that we work with, will say, oh, gosh, when we were first dating, we laughed. Or mm. when we were first married, we would have so much fun together. And we they, go... They can get back in touch with all yeah. that. Yeah. So the point here is you've got to reminisce about those things. We say this at our marriage retreats all the time. Every year on your anniversary, maybe, go back and talk about when you first met, mm-hmm. You know, reminisce about those memories. Those things are part of the cognitive way that we stay positive about each other. So what I hear you saying is that you... Reconnect with those positive things. You articulate those positive things. And then, as we were talking a little bit earlier, if there are barriers to your ability to do that, Mm -hmm. then maybe there's some forgiveness opportunities Mm -hmm. that are critical. Yeah. Well, forgiveness opportunities happen every day, I think, in marriage. (laughs) Well, this is true. In life, you know. And then the last thing is just to practice gratitude Hmm. over and over and over and over and over. Yeah, we're big on that. Yeah. According to Gottman, this is a quote from him, unhappily married couples tend to notice only half of the positive interactions that actually occurred. Hmm. So this means that even if your partner is doing something right, you're just not noticing it Hmm. because you're just kind of in this negative sentiment override thing. That is significant research right there. So, you know, and again, you may say, well, gosh, do I have to thank her for unloading the dishwasher? Do I have to thank him for making the bed? You don't have to, but boy, it's great for someone to go, thank you so much for taking out the trash. So someone made the bed this morning. And I think I already said thank you. And I so appreciated it. No, it really it really matters. I really, you know, I would do it whether you did or not. Yeah. Because you make me. <laughs> but That's another podcast episode. Yeah, but th- all kidding aside, it's a big deal when you acknowledge it and yeah. when you thank me for it. Yeah, no, that's good. The gratitude thing is big. Gottman says that all of this builds up a reserve of good feelings. And that reserve can be a powerful buffer when bad times hit, and they will hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, Brett, you and I have yet to meet the long-term couple who has not gone through some storms. Yeah, it it's just not, does not happen. It's not if, but yeah. when. The simple reason is that fondness and admiration are antidotes for contempt. It drives it out, basically. Yeah. If you maintain a sense of respect for your spouse, you're less likely to act disgusted with him or her when mm. you disagree with them. Mm-hmm. 
And in this way, fondness and admiration prevent the couple from being trounced by what Gottman refers to as the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which if you've never heard of that term, we've got episodes that you can look up about that. But the four most toxic traits in an unhealthy marriage are criticism, Mm -hmm. contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Contempt being the huge, like the cancer of the relationship. Right. Once contempt has entered in, and contempt just means you just don't like your spouse. Right. Like you just think everything they do is stupid, dumb, bad. Once that has entered, it is very difficult to turn that ship around. Not impossible, but yeah. very difficult. Very difficult. So the antidote to contempt, because mm-hmm. you and I always say, let's have contempt for contempt. That's right. Contempt <laughs> for contempt. So you've proven by research, you know, or submitted by research mm-hmm. that this antidote works. Yeah. So we've got the prescription. So what would you say to the person that says, yeah, but I don't want to. I still don't want to do that. I don't want to think positively about my spouse. What would you say? What I would say is you're going to get what you put in. Mm -hmm. And in where we are unwilling to put in the the good stuff, then we've got to be we've got to expect what we get. And I think what you and I see a lot. And by the way, I don't say that unfeelingly. uh Like, I'm not being insensitive about that. I'm saying there's a practical way of looking like if I don't like my spouse and I don't want to build in, I'm not going to have a happy marriage. That's just kind of the formula. Exactly. I think a lot of times you and I hear or sense that somebody said, you know, well, I think if I just move on past this relationship, get on to the next one, that I'm going to have a better shot at happiness. What would you say to that? I would say more than likely you're going to have the same patterns, issues, frustrations that you have in this marriage. Right. Because if you have an unwillingness to forgive Mm -hmm. or want to try or whatever, that's on your end. Yeah. And that's, like you said, most likely to reoccur in a future relationship. Yeah. Of course, you know, I want to be careful about this because I'm I'm hearing as we're kind of talking about this, this is not a simple ingredient for a marriage that's already really, really unhealthy. Sure. Right. This is really, you know, we we always say we're so much on the preventive Mm -hmm. side of things. So this is information that you want to do going in. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're if you're in a happy marriage, but you're not already practicing these kinds of things. Things, which ironically, if you're in a happy marriage, you probably are practicing these things. Mm-hmm. But I just say, you know, go ahead and start implementing them because mm-hmm. you don't know it could start to turn things around, even if things are really, you know, feeling kind of dead between you. The right. Two of you. Yeah. And likewise, if you're in critical hanging by a thread crisis status, mm-hmm. this still is sound. Yeah. Reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're in like a, a dangerous situation. Yeah, an abusive or, yeah, situation. Or, like, yeah. or, or someone's where you're dealing with like extreme addiction sure. or, or, you know, habitual infidelity or something like that. Right. That's a different conversation. Right. You need professionals yeah. involved. You really, but I would say you really kind of can't go wrong implementing these things mm-hmm. into your marriage or any other relationship. They're just kind of the golden rule, you know, part of the golden rule experience. So. Yeah. I agree. All righty. Well, excellent. If you would like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I would like to give a special thank you to Podcast Rocket for producing this episode. Well, thank you all so much for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.